Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest, now on Spotify. So listen on Spotify. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everyone. Well, Mara, it's our summer preview issue, and for the first time in 30 years that I've been here, uh, we only have one show to give teasers for, and that (laughs) is Days of Our Lives. But that does not make it any less exciting. So the big hook for the summer is a four weddings and a funeral scene. So look for four couples, Eli and Lonnie, Kayla and Justin, Eric and Nicole, and as we know, Ben and Sierra, to head to the altar in July. The funeral, however, is a mystery for now. We will see the return of Claire, Belle, and Sean. We will see Allie older. She is the daughter of Lucas and Sammy. They're going to age her. And we'll also meet a new character named Gwen, who is Jake's ex-girlfriend. Suffice it to say, head writer Ron Carlovati has a lot of drama planned for the Lone Soap still airing new episodes. Now, in a very surprise twist, there (laughs) is going to be a 47th annual Daytime Emmys airing on CBS, no less, back on network TV after five years on June 26th with winners accepting from home and the nominations just came out. I always find nomination day to be so thrilling. You know, it's fun to see some uh, first time nominees get the nod this year, including James Patrick Stewart, who plays Valentine on GH. And also for people to be back in the running after a long absence, like Teo Penglis from Days, who was last nominated in 2008. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, Really a great list. You know, I'm very excited for Finola Hughes in Lead Actress, as well as Ariane Zucker, who did great work this year as Daisy's Nicole. We have other first-timers on there, like Daisy's Paul Telfer and YNR's Mark Grossman, as well as B&B's Annika Noel. Um, you know, speaking of B&B, it was so fitting that both Torsten Kay and Catherine Kelly Lang landed in the lead categories after just the way they played out that Brook and Ridge drama so beautifully all yeah. last year. And of course, Heather Tom's in there too, because she's just amazing as Katie, as always. Yeah. And I'm glad to see John Lindstrom recognized again this year for his awesome run as Ryan and Kevin on GH. And I'm so excited for both Tamara Braun and Rebecca Buttig, who have both left GH but delivered really strong performances last year. And how awesome that season C4 Hayes, who is already a Lifetime Achievement Award winner, is nominated again this year as supporting actress. I'm like counting down the days to June 26th. Me too. I mean, it's going to be so exciting to see who wins at this point. And just to see everybody, you know, on (laughs) however we're going to see it. Um, So ABC just aired a documentary called The Story of Soaps. And I feel like there is a lot to discuss about it. 
Yes, where to begin? First, like the obvious positive note, I would say, is that it was awesome. And I would go so far as to say unexpected uh, to see soap operas given a two-hour special in primetime right now. The parts of it that felt like a true celebration of the genre, those landed well with me. You know, I think it nailed the discussion of why it's such a great forum for exploring social issues, for example. And as you know, I am a sucker for Robin and Stone clips. And I I appreciated the sincerity with which Ryan Cranston and John Stamos paid homage to their roots on daytime. But I have a longer list of gripes about it, I guess, than I do superlatives. Me too, kind of. Um, (laughs) You know, to your point, I was thrilled that there was even two hours of prime time devoted to, well, for the most part, daytime. Um, (laughs) But I think my biggest issue with it is that it seemed like a little unfocused. And with the exception of a few of like the speakers, you know, very few actors or behind the scenes people got anything other than a soundbite. So it was kind of hard to follow the narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that actually in the end, it even told the story of soaps. You know, there were a lot of glaring omissions from creators other than Erna Phillips and Agnes Nixon mentioned to any real attention paid to the other soaps that didn't air on ABC. Totally. You know, you cannot truly tell the story of soaps without talking about Lee and Bill Bell or Bill Bell's influence on the genre or about the huge international popularity Santa Barbara enjoyed in its heyday and that The Bold and the Beautiful enjoys to this day, to name just a few Mm -hmm. uh, omissions, you know, that I found to be glaring. I, I felt like, who was this show for? Like, if it's for the fans, well, fans who were educated about the history of the soap industry made it very clear on Twitter that there was a fair amount to nitpick. The thing uh, that caused a really big stir online is that there was, you know, something of a thesis statement in the last section of the documentary that reality TV has stolen the audience for soaps and that's why there are only four left. I think you would be hard-pressed to find soap viewers, be them former or current, who would agree with that statement or at the very least think that, you know, dwindling soap viewership is as simple as that. Yes, and I am someone who fully watches the Housewives franchise and most of the programming on Bravo, but in no way has it replaced my soap viewing. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there are so many other factors that contributed to declining viewership in soaps, namely that the role of women had changed from soaps' inception. You know, many were in the workplace as time went on, and for those who weren't, they weren't sitting at home ironing anymore, as we saw in the documentary. (laughs) You know, being a mother is a full-time job. There wasn't a need anymore in the same way to fill the hours during the day for a lot of women. Mm -hmm. Plus, the format had taken a turn in the 90s that veered away from why the shows became popular in the first place. You know, the popularity of Marlena's possession on days prompted a lot of other shows to make copycat attempts, which were less than successful. Mm -hmm. I mean, we could devote a full podcast to that, but this is my general overview of like why it sort of didn't work for me in the end. Right, right. And the last thing I have to say, though, is that at one point I was so distracted by the errors on the left-hand corner of the screen when people were talking that listed their soap credits and the years they were on various shows that I actually took out my phone and started keeping a list. Like, this is an occupation. Oh, you definitely did. Yes, yes. (laughs) I went right to notes. Uh, you know, my, my fingers got tired. You know, this is an occupational hazard of having like all the roles people have played and the years they played them committed to memory. But, you know, it bugged me. Yes, I get it. I mean, again, 
kudos to them for doing anything on soaps, but I just, I wish we had seen it a little more fleshed out. Well, one star who we did see in the clips in the documentary is actually our guest today. It's All My Children alum Cameron Matheson, who played Ryan on the soap, but has had quite a career since he left daytime and quite a year personally. So let's get all caught up with him. Hi, Cameron. Hello. How are you, Stephanie? Good. How are you? I am fantastic. Thank you. Well, first of all, tell us how you and your family have been doing during these weeks of staying at home. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's um, it's got its challenges, that's for sure, with two teenagers in the house and, mm-hmm. and all of the conditions kind of laid out there. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things where everybody's healthy and uh, luckily I'm still working. And so, you know, if you look at the big picture, we're outrageously uh, grateful and very fortunate. So we're just thinking about, um, you know, thinking about others and everything that other people are going through is, is, is really the best way to get through this. And just, I know so many people are having so many, uh, so many troubles. So sending them lots of love and support. Mm -hmm. And please give us an update on your health. For those who may not know, you were diagnosed last year with renal cell carcinoma, which is a type of kidney cancer. Yes. Yes, I was. And I'm doing well. Um, you know, I think, I think I would still probably fall into the category of immune uh, compromised, which is one of the categories during this uh, corona pandemic that has been a concern, but I, I'm doing well. I feel strong and healthy, and I've been real careful. Um, back in September, I was. I had um, I had kidney cancer. I had a partial nephrectomy, meaning I had part of my right kidney removed. They were able to um, keep uh, a good chunk of it. And luckily, after that, uh, after they took that tumor out, the cancerous tumor out, I um, I didn't have to do any chemo or radiation. And um, I got a follow-up CT scan that we are scheduling uh, to make sure that I'm still doing well. But, um, you know, I feel good. I feel I feel really good. Mm-hmm. Now, you've been really open about your cancer battle. Um, why did you decide to share it publicly? Well, I think, the, you know, the only real reason that I, I would even consider to, to share it is I think it's a pretty unique story. And I think it's something that people can, like, hear and learn from in that I was, um, you know, I'm a... I'm, been a very quote unquote healthy guy for decades. You know, like I'm, I work out, I eat well, I do all these things and, um, and I'm very in tune with my body. And I noticed that there was something, um, there was something a little bit off because I I run tests regularly. Like I check out different aspects of my blood and my, you know, my gut tests and I do things. And there were certain things that just didn't make sense. Like there was, um, very low white blood cell count, which sometimes can mean um, uh, cancer. I know also a high blood cell count, white blood cell count can also be uh, a red alert. But um, there was other indications that I had a very low immune system and things like that. So I, I begged and begged and asked for an MRI on my stomach because I could tell that there was, I don't know, I, for me, it felt like there was something off a little bit in, in my gut health and my digestion uh, for a long time. And finally, I got permission to get an MRI uh, probably two years after I first asked. And the MRI said, your stomach looks fine, your small intestines look fine, but you uh, have a tumor on your kidney that is consistent with renal cell carcinoma. So the point is, is that by sharing the stories is to, to help educate or maybe inspire people to be their best advocate for their own health, to really pay attention to their body, to really listen to it. Like it's incredible what we think is just normal. We're just getting older or we're just, I've just always had this or whatever it is. It doesn't necessarily mean there isn't something wrong. Like really look at it. You eat a food and you get bloated and gassy and you start burping. Then that's like an indication. Something's happening. Like that's a, that's a reaction. You eat a food and you get icky joints 
uh, you wake up in the morning and you know, you, you've got to really pay attention. They, they mean something. And, and there's just, there's, it's, there's so much misinformation out there about what is good for you and what isn't, um, that, um, you've got to really be your own personal research project, you know, really listen to your body, really check out what diet works for you, what foods work for you and et cetera. And, and I'm just a big proponent of that. That's all. So you just announced a new health and fitness focused venture called all health 360. Tell us all about it. Yeah, I'm really excited. This has been something that I've been thinking about doing for a long time. You know, I just figured this is the best time to do it. I'm sitting around there and I, I wish I had more time right now. You'd think that I'd be sitting around with my feet up, but it's like, you know, shooting for home and family and Hallmark Channel has been pretty busy. But this is a new, right now it's Instagram uh, handle and Instagram page. Um, and, you know, maybe it'll, it'll go into a YouTube channel or something like that. But my whole intention with this is not to, to make it bigger than it is. It is me. It is my life and what I do anyway. And I just want to share, I get so many questions about, uh, about what I eat, about my diet, about supplements, about my workouts, about home workouts, about gym workouts, about, um, my meditation practice. I probably get the most questions about my meditation practice because really? I, I, yeah, so interesting. I, yeah, maybe that and diet, that and diet. Mm -hmm. Um, but people really are curious about meditation, understanding what it is, what it isn't, um, and then so it, it, all health 360, uh, my plan is to, uh, um, bring in experts in all these fields. I'm going to have, you know, interviews. I already have this guy, Dr. Jockers lined up for next week. I'm going to start producing content. It's like if you guys go to at all health 360 now, there's only just a couple little intro pictures. The content is going to start coming, but I've got the producer of a movie called fat fiction. It's the best film I've seen in a long time. It's a documentary about, well, it's about a lot of things. It's about fat fiction. It's about how fat got, got sort of deemed as such an enemy and how our whole society in the last 30, 40, 50 to 60 years has been low fat and how our obesity rates have been skyrocketing. Our type two diabetes have been skyrocketing, how our inflammation and chronic disease have been skyrocketing. And it, it gives a lot of great information. So this producer of the movie um, is going to come in and talk to me. And um, it's literally, I watched this film and I felt so validated. It's how I've been sort of eating on and off for like 23 years and everybody thought I was nuts. But so I'm going to talk to her. And I'm going to have um, relationship experts talking about, you know, how to communicate in your couple, your proper communication, proper, how to, how to give a real uh, apology, how to take responsibility for your part in a, in an argument or a dysfunction in a healthy way. I'm going to have parenting uh, experts that come on that um, are so helpful with how we can, you know, help our kids thrive and how we can also communicate with our kids in such a way that they actually hear us and inspire them to be, you know, their best versions of themselves. And obviously I'm going to be doing at home workouts and I'll have guest trainers come on. We'll do a lot of live, live contents in all of these fields. Um, and then I'm going to be cooking recipes too. I'm going to be talking about food and, and recipes that, uh, you know, I'll just say it right now are predominantly uh, like low carbohydrate, uh, higher healthy fat, uh, foods with moderate protein that um, is uh, basically an anti-inflammatory way to eat. It prevents chronic disease and it has a ton of health benefits, um, including losing weight and getting lean and getting strong. I mean, um, and so that's, that's the whole basis of it is sort of coming at health, all health in 360 degrees uh, through my own experience, things I've learned, my own story, but also, and I think more importantly, um, bringing in experts and um, leaders in all of these different categories. Sounds amazing. 
and I bet it's in a sense, it's like this time that you have, even though you're still busy and, but you're at home that it's great that you get to launch it and that you really can put your focus on it as well. I think, I don't, I don't think it would have happened. I, I mean, I think because mm-hmm. I've been talking about it for two years with my manager, he's like, I, he's, he sees how many people come to me for questions and advice and this, whatever that, you know, just, and he's been asking me to do this for such a long time. And I think you're absolutely right. I think, you know, it's, it's like mm-hmm. a big job. It's like a, it's a big, full job. It's you're co-hosting a two-hour talk show five days a week, all year long, 11 segments a day, tons of homework, tons of prep, tons of like memorization. Like, when am I going to do it in, in that world? So, um, mm-hmm. you know, this quarantine has given me more time to try and kind of get it started anyway. And hopefully once I have it up and started, it'll be easier to kind of produce content while I'm, I'm in my, when we're back in, in studio shooting. Sure. Now, you also participated in a virtual All My Children reunion that will be available for streaming in a five-episode series on EW.com and People.com um, all next week. So what was that like? Oh, it was really fun. I I, um, I mean, they asked, you know, they asked myself, I think they asked a bunch of people. I mean, at least over 30, maybe 25. Um, and I didn't know who else was going to be part of it until the day before my buddy texted me and said, are you doing it tomorrow? <laughs> I was like, am I doing it tomorrow? I, I didn't even know. Like, I didn't even really uh, get that it would be such a great reunion of sorts. And so f- for people to know, like, each day has a different group of um, of actors, and they tried to pair us together with certain storylines so that we could be, you know, relating to each other. And it was just a lot of fun. I was on with Josh Demel, Rebecca Buttig. I was on with Chriselle. Uh, I was on with Ricky Paul Golan. I was on with Melissa Claire Egan. Yeah, it was a, it was a really, it was a great one. So let's dive back into your Pine Valley years. First, tell us your casting story. Yeah, well, I mean, man, oh, man, it was incredibly fortunate. It was like it was one of those things that was sort of meant to be. I was living in Toronto at the time. I was I was doing I was working as an actor up there, but very green, like a new actor that was booking jobs. And I was so thrilled that I was up there as this guy, this green actor. And I was booking a lot of uh, American productions shooting in Canada. And I took a a trip to New York for a weekend to see some friends that lived in in New York. And I was staying on their couch and I said, you know, I'm going to write this trip off. And I decided to go and see an acting agency while I was in New York. And I promise you, I had no intention of moving to New York. Like I, re- I really didn't. I love New York. I mean, New York is one of the most incredible cities on the planet, but I just never thought that I have a reason to move to New York and work as an actor. It just seemed too big and too scary and too out, out of my realm, you know, goes mm-hmm. to show you. Um, and so I went to this <laughs> acting agency and I wish I remembered the name of them. I think they were, Oh, they were so kind. And I, and, and they changed my life. Um, and I can't remember the name of the agency. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and so they sent me to see Judy Wilson, who's the head of casting at All My Children. They said, you know what? You got a great look. We're really good friends with Judy Wilson. Go and just go and say hi. Just do a general meeting. I just wanted you to go meet Judy Wilson at All My Children. And I was like, man, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. It was just up the street. I went in. Judy was busy, but she was like, hey, what's going on? Your name's Cameron. What are you doing? You live in, you live in Toronto. What have you been working on? I told her I was doing this movie called 54 with Matt Campbell and Ryan Phillippe and uh, Mike Myers and it was a really cool movie and I had a pretty good part. Like I had a little part, but it was throughout the whole movie and she seemed impressed by that. And she, I think she liked my look and my energy. And, and by the way, I had, I was totally relaxed because like I said, this was not a reality for me. Like none of this was ever going to happen. So when that happens, you know how you get like, 
you you have there's no pressure there you're just, i just was myself i was like hey how you doing yeah i love new york yeah and she's like so you plan on moving to new york and i was like yes absolutely <laughs> can't wait to get to new york you know no intention of moving to new york and she said here take these um take the scene so for people at home they, they're called sides it's an audition sides and the sides mean that you have a couple scenes that you're going to go and prepare a character of and so she said here take these sides and prepare the character of whatever. And uh, I'll just give you five minutes. She gave me five, ten minutes to look over this character. It's called a cold read, which means you literally have very little time to get ready for this audition. I went into the bathroom and I was pacing back and forth, talking to myself, reading the scenes, whatever. I went back in, put it on tape. She was seemed like she loved it. Um, and from that cold read and videotape, she showed producers and she showed the network and she went in and she pitched me. Um, for whatever reason, she saw something in me, Judy Wilson, that Judy Wilson. <laughs> and uh, that gave me a screen test. I wasn't screen testing against anybody else, which is the best way to screen test. Normally on a screen test, you go in and the next guy goes in, the next guy goes in, the next guy goes in, you sit around and you wait. It's horrible. But for me, it was just me, went in there. They had me take my shirt off in the screen test, which I should have known. Um, and I booked the job. And that's wow. how I got all the children. Yep. What stands out to you now when you look back on your experience there? Well, I think the first thing that stands out to me for sure, um, and, you know, I, I truly believe that probably a lot of shows may be like this. I don't think all of them, but um, is family. Like, I, I, it, was, it was so, like, I really got involved with my co-stars, with the cast and the crew and the, and the production and, like, I love all those people and I, I miss them terribly. And it really was like just a happy time going to work every day. Like, uh, believe me, there was many storylines in there that I went, why? And, oh, why am I not involved? Or why is he saying this? And, I can't believe it. I'm leaving. You know, all this ridiculous drama. I look back and be like, geez, dude. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, um, I just loved the the closeness and the feeling. And it's interesting because I'm at a, a position in my life now working for Hallmark and, and not to segue there, but just real quick uh, at home and family, it's a talk show. And there's like, there's a bit, there's a fan. We call it a family. We have all these family members. It's the it's a crew and the hair and makeup and production and cast. And then all of Hallmark channel. Cause I could do movies for them too. It is the closest thing I've had. And the reason I'm bringing it up is the closest thing I've had that feels to me like the same essence of what it was like going to work every day at all my children and ABC and the whole ABC family. Like it was, it's so, so fortunate that that was an experience in my life in this entertainment business. And now it's coming again because I don't think, I mean, I think if somebody's on like a primetime show for many years, it's a big hit show. I'm sure that they, they get that feeling and maybe some of the other soaps have that feeling too, but it was a very special place. Okay, so obviously, as Ryan, you had a lot of popular romances on the show. Um, any that were your favorites? Any moments that really stood out to you as part of all of his different romances? Well, I got to start with the one that kind of started it all, and that was uh, with Esther Terbalosh, and she played Jillian on the show. It was back in 1997, 1998. And, um, and that's who I was brought on for to create a little bit of a triangle. I think she was with Scott Chandler time who um danny danny oh danny cosgrove danny cosgrove of course and that was a really special time because it was a coming of age like kind of me and for esta who played jillian and uh, i was learning 
really had to become an actor and to to really fall in love with this character, you know, Lou Brian really falling in love with Jillian. And it was such a beautiful and kind of tragic story. And um, it really, it, it was without a doubt his true love, you know, and then he went on with um, Greenlee and that became like really, uh, you know, against all odds as deep and as meaningful to him as the Jillian storyline and the Jillian love interest. And I think that says a lot, you know, like, and, and I think it, coming from Rebecca's side too, I think Greenlee's true love was probably Leo, you know, and that was a tragic and beautiful and great love story. And so here are these two sort of two lost souls, one, you know, coming from relationship with Leo and one from Jillian and, uh, and they just kind of found each other. And, uh, and my relationship with Rebecca really played into how, how much I love doing scenes with her. Now, I mean, I, I gotta go. I, gotta, I have a long list, though. You know, you gotta remember <laughs> Melissa, Melissa Claire Egan and I um, had a really great time as well. We we really connected. I I did her screen test, and it was a it was an amazing storyline, and we became good friends, and we still keep in touch and text. And I think that was amazing. I think in in a way, I was her kind of I don't know stepping stone to get to um, the Chandlers, you know, and then she got in there and, and that's when her storyline and everything really took off. And so um, that was fun to see for her. Obviously Kendall was a big part of Ryan's life too, but it was some of my, my favorite, favorite memories were the, the triangle between Kendall Greenlee and Ryan, Mm -hmm. uh, the fights and the craziness. Those were always an absolute blast. I love those. And the fans hated it and everybody really didn't like the storyline because it was really kind of going against who Ryan was, but I loved it because it gave him a little bit of backstory and it was very mm -hmm. different. And I remember that whole time. I even really appreciated the storyline with Susan Lucci with uh, Ryan and Erica, mm -hmm. another, uh, another fan fail, but, um, <laughs> But, but, you know, you know, I'll just say that, A, I got that opportunity to work with, you know, the legend and B, uh, she's, you know, a dear friend of mine. And so that was, that was a lot of fun. But C, I think it was really bold of them to kind of go. There's all, so often older men, younger women. And um, I was very, 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 very happy that um, I would be playing with Erica in sort of like a, I guess you call it a cougar storyline, but I don't want to minimize it. Speaking of Susan, what's your favorite memory of working with Susan Lucci? Well, yeah, but it's not, it's not probably from that storyline. My favorite memory was it was it was literally in probably early of 1998. And the first time I did a scene with her, I had to walk into her office and I basically stripped down in front of her. And I was like, is there anything I can do for you? You know, <laughs> that kind of a feel. Mm -hmm. And I was the probably the most nervous I'd been when I worked at all my children was that day, even more wow. my very first day at, at work, you know, and, um, I remember she was very sweet and, uh, and helpful. And, and that's, a, that's a memory that comes up. But my real favorite memories with Susan are with her family and, and playing golf with helmet and Andreas and skiing. I skied with them. I've golfed with them. Uh, we've you know, gone over there. We've gone out to dinner together. I, uh, I really uh, love the family. And, Tell us about working with Kelly Ripa and, and what stands out about that. Kelly Ripa was literally my, I, I now look back, I think David Canary and Kelly Ripa were both who I really kind of tried to, to mimic. And it's, it's funny that I ended up going into the hosting side of things too. That, that wasn't directly because of uh, Kelly. It just kind of fell into my lap a little bit, but the way that she, I mean, I, I, I will, I pale in comparison 
But the way that she's able to be charming and connect with people off camera, the way that she has the unbelievable ability to memorize words, I think that I may be a close second to her. Like maybe not close, but I would, I would, like I, I became um, kind of known as a as a quick memorizer, quick study as well. But it is insane how she was able to really know the words instantly and then forget about the pages and just kind of be Haley, like just kind of really memorize it super quickly so that she could forget everything and just be, just listen and react. And I always so appreciated that about her. And I really, um, I just love the way she carried herself on set. I love the way that she uh, acted with others. I loved how like witty and fun she was and how, She's a, such a team player. Like when you're, when you're, she probably single-handedly kept me on Dancing with the Stars for as long as I was on that show because she kept on talking about me the morning after on, uh, on live. But um, you know, so incredibly fond memories of working with her and with, and with Mark as well. And you also brought him up. What was our next question, David Canary? <laughs> I was going to say that the other reason why I tried to mimic, like he was the he was the consummate professional. Like he would come in. Um, already rehearsed, already memorized, really, really, um, you know, coming at it more from a thespian sort of side, and but still really relatable and not weird about it. You know, like he wasn't like, you know, he was very, very spontaneous and he would listen and react and just be, but he was um, always one of the, he's one of the most kindest, one of the, just, just incredibly kind. I don't know if I've met somebody more kind um, and, uh, and so prepared and professional. And so I really... He was a bit of a mentor for me, and and in a way, in a way, uh, so was Kel. Um, but but different for different reasons. For different reasons. Now, was it hard for you to say goodbye when all my children went off the air? It was amazingly hard. It was massively hard. I when we announced that we were moving from New York to LA, you know, everybody's like, oh, I don't know where to go. I was like, I went home and I Googled where the studio was going to be, and I like I went home and I was like, get ready, we got to figure out how we're moving to LA. Now, like it was. It was like I say, such a part of me, and I, I guess I got really attached to being on the show. Um, and and then when it was, you know, goodbye, goodbye, I uh, it was scary. It was it was like a it was like a horrible breakup that kind of you know that just left you feeling so gut punched. And um, and and you know I don't you know in, in a way it was one of the best things that's happened to me if, from the perspective of I don't mean that to sound. I don't know, um, uncaring or anything, but it, it really pushed me to pursue other um, areas of my career and to really explore the hosting side of things and obviously Entertainment Tonight, Good Morning America and Home and Family, mm-hmm. and then really pushed me to get out there and started working with Lifetime and Hallmark and developed an incredible relationship with Hallmark Channel. Um, you know, made 15 movies with them now. And it's, they're, they're, you know, it's one of the best things that I've ever had. It's probably, and I hate to say this to my, all my children's fans, it's, it's my favorite job I've ever had in my whole life. And I had a lot of cool jobs, mm-hmm. um, you know, being part of the Hallmark family. So in a way I would never know this unless all my children said, you know what, man, you got to get out there and do other things. Right. Well, speaking of Hallmark, of course, as you said, you are the host of Home and Family with Debbie Matinopoulos. You have done so many movies. You have appeared with on the very popular Murder, She Bakes series with Ali Sweeney. So when you first started working with them, could you ever have foreseen where this relationship would go? You know, the irony is before I even did a movie with them, I actually went in to meet 
to be the original co-host for Home and Family, the one that oh, Mark Stone has okay. got. Uh-huh. And so I, that's the first, you know, I remember seeing a, a movie poster in the hallway saying, oh, Trisha Helfer does movies for them. That's cool. She's a friend of mine. And, um, and then that was it. And then Mark Stone has got the job. And at the time, I'm really happy I didn't get that job then because I wasn't ready for it. It's so incredibly uh, taxing and hard. And I'm so happy I had time to kind of grow as a host. But so, yeah, so when I started doing movies, I booked I booked a kind of a supporting role in one of the films and they kind of dug me. And then they put me in this other movie called The Christmas Ornament. And it was with Kelly Martin. And it's probably still my favorite movie I've ever made there. And it just came together so well. It's still one of their all time best movies. Um, still the numbers still do incredibly well every time they air you know, I don't know how many years later, was it six, seven years later? And, um, and I remember it's from, it so well that it feels like it was like yesterday. So that's oh, you remember the Christmas ornament? That's yeah, yeah, absolutely. Of course. And, um, I love that movie. I love the care. It was just one of those films where I felt completely and totally at home. And, um, anyway, from there, no, you're right. I, I hoped, I hoped that, um, my my relationship with Hallmark would deepen, and, and people would say, you know, when when Hallmark likes you, you're you're set. You're going to be working for a long time. And um, and I was like, I mean, that would be great, but I will, I you know, I I won't get too cocky, and I'll just be, you know. And then after that came uh, a couple other movies, and then eventually the Murder She Bakes series of movies. And now, you know, we try to fit in, we try to fit in movies whenever I can with Home and Family schedule. But yeah, the Home and Family thing came around as my ET contract was ending, and they were uh, making changes over there and it just kind of, it was a really good fit. Mm -hmm. As you mentioned, you've also worked for Good Morning America and as a full-time correspondent and co-host at ET. Uh, What would you say has been the biggest like pinch me moment you've had rubbing shoulders with all of these A-list celebrities that you interview? Yeah, man. I mean, you probably have a bunch of these too. I, um, I, I, it's just, there's a, okay. So the one that stands out and I'm sure there's others that are as big, I'm interviewing the new Han Solo for the, 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 the young Han Solo movie. And, and it's just a cool experience. I get pulled into a little ruse with the production company, Disney saying that, okay, Ron Howard and Harrison Ford want to, want to sort of crash your interview and they want to <laughs> surprise uh, the, this young actor. I can't remember his name. And, um, and so, the, and I'm in on it with Harrison and with Ron Howard. So it's Ron Howerson, Harrison Ford, and me in on this, this kind of like little, you know, shtick that we're going to do where we plan it. I'm asking a certain question right when I see them walk through the door. I, I, I tee up this question and it works seamlessly. And Harrison and Ron were like, and like on camera, they're like, hey, Cam, well done, Cam. Like, it was just a cool thing, man. That was pretty darn cool. Uh, I got to tell you, I love that. I mean, I loved on ET, I, I know maybe some people might not like this, but I love that I got to work out with a guy named Laird Hamilton. He's a, a surfing icon, and he's literally, uh, it's just, he's hes almost like a rock star. And it was amazing, and, and he, I got to do this whole beach segment, go paddleboarding with He created paddleboarding. Like, he's a legend. He's an icon. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty meaningful to me. I mean, I got to get to know stars like, like, like you know, no, quote-unquote, but like Jennifer Aniston, where she would, you know, she'd know my name and she'd be like, Hey Kim, how you doing? What do they got you doing today? Oh, they got you dressed up as a snowman. What do you do? Like, you know, like, or Halle Berry. Um, those are two names that really stand out for sure. For me doing the red carpets at the, at the, um, at the SAG awards and having Carol Burnett 
come to me in my interview. She's she's being honored at the SAG Award with a Lifetime Achievement Award. And she interrupts me and she says, you are such a great actor. Don't don't stop acting. I know you're really good at this hosting thing, but don't stop acting. I have been a fan of yours for a long time. So and I like I saved that clip and I sent it to my mom and dad. Um, you know, there's things like that. And there's I mean, I I'd fly. I flew to New Zealand and was on set with Scarlett Johansson, spent the day with her touring this incredible set for Ghost in the Shell. Uh, I went to um, England and, and spent the day on a transformer set with Mark Wahlberg and, and Josh Duhamel and, you know, like j- hanging out there with explosions and they blowing up. Like it was like a crazy thing. I, 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 wow. I can't even begin to tell you, I, I did, um, you know, tours of Australia. I did, uh, like I said, New Zealand. I've been all, it's just, it's been crazy. It's been crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you, let's say first started out in this business, first got your job on all my children. Could you ever have imagined that you would be where you are today? No, I could not. I could not imagine it. I, I think in my fantasy, in my fantasy world, I, I sort of fantasized about getting a, like a hit primetime show or maybe started getting into movies like that's, but even still it was not a reality for me. And maybe that's partially what blocked me from kind of going that route. You know, like I said, that with me moving to New York wasn't a reality. That's why I was so comfortable in that meeting because it just it was seemed too big and too far-fetched for me. Um, but yeah, when I, I, I was, I was a very shy, shy kid. Steph. I, like I, I, I used to I used to be so nervous when my parents would come and tell me to come into the room and enter and, and sit down and say hello to their guests that they're having over for a dinner party. Like I'd be so painfully shy to think that I'm getting up in front of millions of people every day. And I get shy reading aloud in class in elementary and middle school. And now I'm reading teleprompters and, and things in front of millions of people and live television. Like it's it, it's totally lets you know that that anything is possible like you, you it really i'm a perfect example of that I, I can't even tell you and the fact that i've gone on like like you were nice enough to bring up the all health 360 i was diagnosed with leg perthian disease i was a, i was you know i was the i hate to use the word but like the crippled kid you know in quotations because that's what people called me and they would make fun of me and i was like bullied and then i was always you know, it was always that kid and I had health kind of struggles coming up and then I got my cancer. And then, like to think that I'm now at a place where people are coming to me for health advice and I'm on television and hopefully inspiring and helping other people. It's 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 not it's not within the realm of my imagination when I was younger. It was not within the realm of my imagination. It's totally beyond that. It's really incredible. And your story is completely inspiring. Thank um, you. And we are so happy that you are feeling so good and doing so well and are very excited to check out your new adventure or your new venture. So thank you so much for joining us today and talking about it. Yeah, well, thank you for having me, for sure. And if you guys, um, Steph, you and Mara and everybody that's listening, if you guys have any like questions or things that you want more information on, health-related, anything, it can be anything, you know, body and mind, uh, go to at allhealth360 on Instagram and just leave a comment in there. Cause I do actually do read my comments and I, all those comments coming from me, those are really me. I do my best. I set aside time every day to try to re- respond. So I'd love it to be a forum, a back and forth. And if you have any insights or wisdom to share with me, I'd love to hear. It. Well, great. I was actually just thinking that when you were talking about it earlier, I'm like, I think I have questions for him. So good on it. Please do. Please do. <laughs> well, thank you and stay well and hope to talk to you soon. Okay. Talk to you soon. Thanks okay. for having me. Th- okay. Thank you. Bye. Guys. Bye. 
Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Cameron Matheson for being our guest. If you like this podcast, we're on Spotify. So listen on Spotify. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast. <laughs>